I've spent all my life uh, working amongst children, so I always feel more comfortable with girls and boys, which means all of you, in actual fact, rather than folk of my own age. I've been a children's evangelist, and it's been my privilege to see many, many lovely girls and boys of quite tender age come to faith in the Lord Jesus. And I thought as Peter was reading the uh, story of little Samuel, it actually says, Peter, in the, the next little bit, Samuel was given totally to God when he was probably, well, actually when he was a baby, but he was uh, brought up in the temple probably when he was about three years old. It says when the child was weaned. We're never actually told uh, how old that would be, but they gave a three-year-old bull, so that's a sort of clue. Uh, but the thing is, there's a lovely little bit. It says Samuel, even though he was in the right place at the right time, it says Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And then God spoke to him. And I believe with all my heart and soul uh, that children from an early age can come to know God in a wonderful way. Obviously, their childlike faith will have to mature. And I'm sure many of you here in our congregation this Sunday morning in Lim uh, can look back and you can think of all the steps and stages and the different pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that God slotted together in your life. But you may be able to think back. I was sharing uh, with Tim and Rosie, a little girl of five. I think Eric and Margaret know the family uh, at Haydock in St. Helens. And I'll never forget uh, this little girl who trusted the Lord Jesus at the age of only five. I know it sounds ridiculous. She was brought to a children's mission. It was my privilege to lead uh, by an older brother. Her parents never darkened a church doorstep. And she asked the Lord Jesus into her heart. And she went straight home. I'll never to my dying day forget this. Mummy, she said, I've asked Jesus into my heart. Do you love him? And mum managed to parry the blow beautifully. If you want to talk to religion, dad's upstairs decorating the back bedroom. Go and speak to him. <laughs> so little Joanna beetled off upstairs. Daddy, she said, I've become a Christian. Do you love Jesus? And he said to my shame, I said, Buzz off, I'm busy. <laughs> and she stood there all five years of her, little Joanne. She said, Daddy, I'm going to pray for you and Mummy that it won't be long before you trust Jesus. I went back three years later to that church, St. Mark's, Haydock, St. Helens, and not only had Mum and Dad come to faith in Christ through a five-year-old child, but many of their friends, family, and neighbours Three years later, Mum was a Sunday school teacher. Dad was a small group leader. Six years later, they'd sailed to Portugal as missionaries with WEC. What God can do through a little Samuel, a little Maria, who knows? Oh, so much for the commercial. <laughs> Going to share a story together that I've called, on the screen... One pair of boots. How poor can you get? It's about a family, and a little boy especially, who was so desperately poor. Amazing but true story, he had only one pair of boots. 
Mum and Dad gave him another unusual name, Jesse. Who was it had that song, A Boy Named Sue? Johnny Cash, that's right. You don't normally call your little boy Jesse unless you're making a film. Do you remember Free Willy? Yep, Free Willy, the, the hero, was little Jesse, wasn't it? We had a Jesse, a lovely lady in our congregation. I've only ever known two Jesses in my life, but it was a little boy, and he was called Jesse. The family was very poor, and quite literally, when he was born, he didn't have a nice, posh, lined Moses basket to lie in. All he had was a wooden, probably, soapbox, as we used to call them. Jesse was born in the city of Nottingham, or just outside Nottingham, in the year 1850, nearly 200 years ago. Mum and Dad were Christians. They both loved the Lord Jesus. And Dad was a bit of a preacher. His day job, he was a farm labourer. Certainly didn't have a farm of his own, but he just worked as a labourer on a farm. But he was a dedicated man. And he was a Methodist local preacher. That's how I started out my preaching. And every Sunday, he would go and preach the gospel. And he was a very good preacher. And people from miles around came to hear Jesse's dad. Sometimes, when it wasn't too far away, uh, dad would take his wife and little Jesse to hear him preach. Dad was very good at preaching the gospel, but also he had a gift for herbal medicine. Now, I've got to be awfully careful what I say because there's an awful lot of doctors in the congregation this morning. And they've probably got all sorts of ideas about alternative medicines, says he with a son who's got a chiropractor. Uh, but never mind. Jesse's dad, the year that Jesse was born, opened this little herbalist shop in Nottingham. If the girls and boys were a bit nearer to me, I'd ask them, what do we use herbs for? Anybody know what we use herbs for? Yep, you can have them in your food. Yeah, you can have them in your food. And we do use a lot of herbs in food, don't we? But, of course, very often they were used and still are today in herbal medicine. Or well, if you go to your GP, Rosie... Uh, She'll instruct you what you mustn't take when you're on... Oh, well, never mind. Uh, but there we are. And uh, he was very, very good at mixing up his herbal medicines. His little shop, it opened six days a week, Monday to Saturday. Never, never on a Sunday. Because Sunday was God's day. And Dad would take his wife and little Jesse either to church, Sunday school, or out preaching. Jesse was only 10 years of age when Dad was taken very, very seriously ill. I'm sad to say that he actually died, Jesse's father, when he was just 44 years of age and Jesse was 10. Jesse said years afterwards that his dad was one of the most saintly men, forgive the old-fashioned language, but I'm quoting it verbatim, one of the most saintly, saintly men that had ever trodden this earth. His father was a real Christian man. Desperate times, no social security, no welfare benefits, and now Jesse and his mum 
had to try and keep the herbalist shop going. Several days a week they would go out and they would collect herbs from the countryside around. Jesse's dad had taught him what to look for and they gathered them, as you can see, in their bare feet. The reason being that little Jesse only had one pair of shoes, one pair of boots, and they were saved for special occasions. We used to dress up <coughs> to come to church on a Sunday, which is why I put my special jacket on. I don't often get the chance of doing so. So I thought, yeah, why not? It's special for Maria and Samuel. I'll come poshed up. But these days, I, I know I'm an old fella. Everybody dresses down. Uh, but there we are. He'd only got this one pair of shoes, one pair of boots, and he saved them specially for coming to church. Jesse did all he could to support his mum to keep the little shop open. He prayed desperately, Dear God, would you please help us? But he knew that the shop was really, really struggling. And so this is what he did. Two years after his father died, he knelt by his bedside one night and he did the biggest, best thing any young person, any teenager any grown-up at whatever age you've reached can do. He asked the Lord Jesus to be his very own saviour and his special friend. In other words, he became a Christian. I was 14 when it happened to me from a totally non-church background. And little Jesse was just 12. He did what he could to keep the shop going. In fact, every night when he'd finished work, he would go to the local library, he'd read books uh, about mixing, making herbal medicines. But the day came when the shop failed. He had to shut the door. There was just no way people could afford to buy the herbal medicines. And he had to close. I've got to be honest, I'm not quite sure what he did when the shop did close. You can probably look it up on the internet. I couldn't find it. Uh, but I do know this. One day, he was walking along a street in Nottingham and he came across a crowd of very poor people. You can see by my artist's picture how poor they were. Clothes, ragged, tattered, torn, looking thin and badly clothed, underfed. Most of them didn't have shoes on their feet, just like little Jesse. He came home and he prayed about this and he felt God was saying to him, Dear Lord, I've been trying to make too much profit. And he felt God was saying to him, Jesse, open another shop. Be satisfied with a very small margin of profit. And that's what he did. Some of you will know Goosegate in Nottingham. And that is where he opened his first shop. And the poor people flocked to it. In fact, he gave it the name, as you can see, the People's Store. He coined a little phrase, and it was a very successful one. He set out an advertising campaign in the local paper in Nottingham, Health for a Shilling. It was at the same time that Beecham's, do you remember Beecham's? Were they Beecham's pills or powders? Do you remember what it was? They had a slogan, Health, uh, not Health, no, it was worth a guinea a box. That's right, a guinea a box. Everything was a guinea, you know, what was a guinea? It was a pound and 
A pound and a shilling. Was that right? Don't you know what a shilling is today? Uh, but there we are. Uh, you will talk amongst yourselves. But health, he said, for a shilling. And it was very, very successful. So much so that he worked really, really hard. But he really was a man following in his dad's footsteps, loving the Lord Jesus. And whenever he, he mixed the medication together, uh, the herbal medication, he prayed about every single thing he did. And his little shop blossomed. It became so successful that he started opening more and more shops. And then he opened a little, a little factory where he could get people to come and work for him. He employed a lot of girls who were single girls. Inevitably, these nice young ladies got married. And Jesse, by now, was married to Florence. And Florence and Jesse did a very nice thing. Every morning when the girls came to work, lots of them hadn't had anything to eat. They gave them, not toast, uh, but bread and butter, not margarine, bread and butter and a hot, a steaming cocoa. And more than that, when the girls inevitably got married, Florence and Jesse had two prezzies for them, a wrapped up wedding present, but best of all, God's word, the Bible. I thought as Deb handed that Bible over uh, to the two families this morning, do you remember when our queen was consecrated at the dedication 60 odd years ago now? The archbishop says these lovely words, oh I do hope, I do hope that atheism will not get the upper hand here and change it because written in the coronation service the archbishop says to the queen we present you with this book the most valuable thing that this world affords and our prayer this morning for Samuel, for Maria is that through reading that book and having the Bible read to them they'll come to personal faith in the Lord Jesus as Jesse did Jesse was a good man. He was a generous man. He was concerned for the poor people of Nottingham. In fact, he donated a large amount of money that bought a great big piece of land in Nottingham. And it was his ambition to build the University of Nottingham. And that's exactly what he did. He gave the land for the uni to be built. The people of Nottingham were so proud of their special son, that in the year 1928, when he was 78 years of age, he was made a lord. He wouldn't have had anywhere to sit today, would he, in the House of Lords? But never mind, he was made Lord Trent of Nottingham. And when he died, and that was in the year 1931, this boy that was so poor, he only had one pair of boots. He ended up with lots and lots of shoes, more, lots and lots of pairs of boots. And have you guessed it? The story of Jesse Boot, of the chemist's fame. And we've even got a little one in limb to prove it. One of the lovely places that Pam, my wife, and I love to go to is the island of Jersey. We were there only in June. And I usually make a little pilgrimage We've stayed at the Methodist Hotel several times. Lovely hotel, I can commend it to you. And it's in St. Brillard's Bay. And if you go the far end of St. Brillard's Bay, there's a wonderful view. 
And the view is from the place where Lord Trent of Nottingham, Baron Trent of Nottingham, was buried. It's quite a humble uh, gravestone, I suppose, really. But it's a lovely place to contemplate the, the wonderful life of this wonderful man.